You're listening to The Ancient Tradition. A Wonk Media Production. Music provided by Joseph McDade. Here's your host, Dr. Jack Logan. Welcome to The Ancient Tradition. I'm your host, Jack Logan. In this podcast, Audio Writ, you'll find recordings of ancient and modern writings that are directly relevant to the ancient tradition, which refers to the first religious tradition given to human beings in the very beginning. On this platform, you can find an entire podcast that's dedicated to trying to reconstruct that first religious tradition from all of the evidence that we can find in the historical record. If you haven't given it a listen, I highly recommend you check it out. Just search for The Ancient Tradition or visit our website, theancienttradition.com. Today's audio recording comes from the book, Reading the Epic of Gilgamesh, which contains Andrew George's definitive English translation. Scholars don't know the exact date of the poem, but they date it sometime between 2100 and 1200 BC, which would make it the earliest known literary composition and the second oldest religious text after the pyramid text. Because the poem was inscribed on tablets, several of which were damaged, you'll notice that some sections of the poem are missing. The standard version of the Babylonian Gilgamesh epic, He Who Saw the Deep. Tablet 1, The Coming of Enkidu. King Gilgamesh tyrannizes the people of Uruk, who complain to the gods. To divert his superhuman energies, the gods create his counterpart, the wild man Enkidu, who is brought up by the animals of the wild. Enkidu is spotted by a trapper who lures him away from the herd with a prostitute. The prostitute shows him her arts and proposes to take him to Uruk, where Gilgamesh has been seeing him in dreams. He who saw the deep, the country's foundation, who knew was wise in all matters, Gilgamesh, who saw the deep, the country's foundation, who knew, was wise in all matters. He, everywhere, and learnt of everything, the sum of wisdom. He saw what was secret, discovered what was hidden. He brought back a tale of before the deluge. He came a far road, was weary, found peace, and set all his labors on a tablet of stone. He built the rampart of Uruk the sheepfold, of holy Ayana the sacred storehouse. See its wall like a strand of wool. View its parapet that none could copy. Take the stairway of a bygone era. Draw near to Ayana, seat of Ishtar the goddess, that no later king could ever copy. Climb Uruk's wall and walk back and forth. Survey its foundations. Examine the brickwork. Were its bricks not fired in an oven? Did the seven sages not lay its foundation? A square mile is city, a square mile date grove, a square mile is clay pit, half a square mile the temple of Ishtar, three square miles and a half is Uruk's expanse. See the tablet box of cedar, release its clasp of bronze, lift the lid of its secret, pick up the tablet of lapis lazuli and read out the travails of Gilgamesh, all that he went through. Surpassing all other kings, heroic in stature, brave scion of Uruk, wild bull of the rampage. Going at the fore, he was the vanguard. Going at the rear, one his comrades could trust. A mighty bank, protecting his warriors. 
a violent flood wave smashing a stone wall, wild bull of Lugalbanda, Gilgamesh the perfect in strength, suckling of the august wild cow, the goddess Ninsun. Gilgamesh the tall, magnificent, and terrible, who opened passes in the mountains, who dug wells in the slopes of the uplands, and crossed the ocean, the wide sea, to the sunrise, who scoured the world, ever searching for life, and reached through sheer force, Yonapistim, the distant, who restored the cult centers destroyed by the deluge, and set in place the people, the rights of the cosmos. Who is there can rival his kingly standing, and say like Gilgamesh, it is I am the king. Gilgamesh was his name from the day he was born, two-thirds of him God and one-third human. It was the lady of the gods drew the form of his figure while his build was perfected by divine nudie mood. A triple cubit was his foot, half a rod his leg, six cubits his stride, cubits the front part of his. His cheeks were bearded like those of the hair of his head grew thickly as barley. When he grew tall, his beauty was consummate. By earthly standards, he was most handsome. In Uruk the sheepfold, he walks back and forth like a wild bull, lording, head held aloft. He has no equal when his weapons are brandished. His companions are kept on their feet by his contests. The young men of Uruk, he harries without warrant. Gilgamesh lets no son go free to his father. By day and by night, his tyranny grows harsher. Gilgamesh, the guide of the teeming people. It is he who is shepherd of Uruk, the sheepfold. But Gilgamesh lets no daughter go free to her mother. The women voice their troubles to the goddesses. They brought their complaint before them. Though powerful, preeminent, expert, and mighty, Gilgamesh lets no girl go free to her bridegroom. The warrior's daughter, the young man's bride, to their complaint, the goddesses paid heed. The gods of heaven, the lords of initiative, to the god Anu they spoke. A savage wild bull you have bred in Uruk the sheepfold. He has no equal when his weapons are brandished. His companions are kept on their feet by his contests. The young men of Uruk he harries without warrant. Gilgamesh lets no son go free to his father by day and by night. His tyranny grows harsher. Yet he is the shepherd of Uruk the sheepfold. Gilgamesh, the guide of the teeming people. Though he is their shepherd and their protector, powerful, preeminent, expert, and mighty, Gilgamesh lets no girl go free to her bridegroom. The warrior's daughter, the young man's bride, to their complaint, the god Anu paid heed. Let them summon Aruru, the great one. She, it was created them, mankind so numerous. Let her create the equal of Gilgamesh, one mighty in strength, and let him vie with him so Uruk may be rested. They summoned Aruru, the Great One. You, Aruru, created mankind. Now fashion what Anu has sought of. Let him be a match for the storm of his heart. Let them vie with each other, so Uruk may be rested. The goddess Aruru heard these words. What Anu had thought of, she fashioned within her. The goddess Aruru, she washed her hands, took a pinch of clay, threw it down in the wild. In the wild, she created... Enkidu, the hero, offspring of silence, knit strong by Ninurta. All his body is matted with hair. He bears long tresses like those of a woman. The hair of his head grows thickly as barley. He knows not a people, nor even a country. Coated in hair like the god of the animals, 
with the gazelles he grazes on grasses, joining the throng with the game at the waterhole, his heart delighting with the beasts in the water. A hunter, a trapper man, did come upon him by the waterhole. One day, a second, and then a third, he came upon him by the waterhole. When the hunter saw him, his expression froze, but he was with his herds. He went back to his lair. The hunter was troubled, subdued, and silent. His mood was despondent, his features gloomy. In his heart there were sorrow, his face resembled one from afar. The hunter opened his mouth to speak, saying to his father, My father, there was a man came by the water hole, mightiest in the land, strength he possesses. His strength is as mighty as a rock from the sky. Over the hills he roams all day, always with the herd he gazes on grasses, always his tracks are found by the water hole. I'm afraid and I dare not approach him. He fills in the pits that I myself dig. He pulls up the snares that I lay. He sets free from my grasp all the beasts of the field. He stops me doing the work of the wild. His father opened his mouth to speak, saying to the hunter, My son, in the city of Uruk, go seek out Gilgamesh in his presence. His strength is as mighty as a rock of the sky. Take the road, set your face toward Uruk. Do not rely on the strength of a man. Go, my son, and fetch Shamhat, the harlot. Her allure is a match for even the mighty. When the herd comes down to the waterhole, she should strip off her remnant to reveal her charms. He will see her and will approach her. His herd will spurn him, though he grew up amongst it. Paying heed to the advice of his father, the hunter went off, set out on the journey. He took the road, set his face toward Uruk. Before Gilgamesh the king, he spoke these words. There was a man come by the waterhole, mightiest in the land, strength he possesses. His strength is as mighty as a rock from the sky. Over the hills he roams all day, always with the herd he grazes on grasses. Always his tracks are found by the waterhole. I am afraid and I do not dare approach him. He fills in the pits that I myself dig. He pulls at the snares that I lay. He sets free from my grasp all the beasts of the field. He stops me doing the work of the wild. Said Gilgamesh to him, to the hunter, Go, hunter, take with you Shamhat, the harlot. When the herd comes down to the waterhole, she should strip off her remnant to reveal her charms. He will see her and will approach her. His herd will spurn him, though he grew up amongst it. Off went the hunter, taking Shamhat the harlot. They set out on the road. They started to journey. On the third day, they came to their destination. Hunter and harlot sat down there to await. One day, in a second, they waited by the water hole. Then the herd came down to drink the water. The game arrived, their hearts delighting in water. And Enkidu also, born in the uplands. With the gazelles he grazed on grasses, joining the throng with the game at the waterhole, his heart delighting with the beasts in the water. Then Shamhat saw him, the child of nature, the savage man from the midst of the wild. This is he, Shamhat. Cradle your bosom, bear your sex, let him take in your charms. Do not recoil, but take in his scent. He will see you and will approach you. Spread your clothing so he may lie on you. Do for the man the work of a woman. Let his passion caress and embrace you. His herd will spurn him, though he grew up amongst it. 
Shamhat unfastened the cloth of her loins. She bared her sex, and he took in her charms. She did not recoil. She took in his scent. She spread her clothing, and he lay upon her. She did for the man the work of a woman. His passion caressed and embraced her. For six days and seven nights, Enkidu was erect as he coppled with Shamhat. When with her delights he was fully sated, he turned his gaze to his herd. The gazelles saw Enkidu. They started to run. The beasts of the field shied away from his presence. Enkidu had defiled his body so pure, his legs stood still, though his herd was in motion. Enkidu was weakened, could not run as before, but now he had reason and wide understanding. He came back and sat at the feet of the harlot, watching the harlot, observing her features. Then to the harlot's words he listened intently, as Shamhat talked to him, to Enkidu. You are handsome, Enkidu. You are just like a god. Why with the beast do you wander the wild? Come, I will take you to Uruk the sheepfold, to the sacred temple home of Anu and Ishtar, where Gilgamesh is perfect in strength like a wild bull, lording it over the menfolk. So she spoke to him, and her word found favor. He knew by instinct he should seek a friend. Said Enkidu to her, to the harlot, Come, Shamhat, take me along to the sacred temple, holy home of Anu and Ishtar, where Gilgamesh is perfect in strength, like a wild bull lording it over the menfolk. I will challenge him, for my strength is mighty. I will vaunt myself in Uruk, saying, I am the mightiest. There I shall change the way things are ordered. One born in the wild is mighty. Strength he possesses. Shamhat spoke. Let the people see your face. That exists I know indeed. Go, Enkidu, to Uruk the sheepfold, where young men are girt with waistbands. Every day in Uruk there is a festival. The drums there wrap out the beat. And there are harlots, most comely of figure, graced with charm and full of delights. Even the aged they rouse from their beds. O oh, Enkidu, as yet so ignorant of life, I will show you Gilgamesh, a man happy and carefree. Look at him, regard his features. He is fair in manhood, dignified in bearing, graced with charm is his whole person. He has a strength more mighty than yours, unsleeping he is by day and by night. O oh, Enkidu, cast aside your sinful thoughts. Gilgamesh it is whom divine Shamash loves. The gods Anu, Enlil, and Ea have broadened his wisdom. Before you even come from the uplands, Gilgamesh and Uruk was seeing you in dreams. Gilgamesh rose to relate a dream, saying to his mother, O oh, mother, this is the dream I had in the night. The stars of the heavens appeared above me like a rock from the sky. One fell down before me. I lifted it up, but it weighed too much for me. I tried to roll it, but I could not dislodge it. The land of Uruk was standing around it. The land was gathered about it. A crowd was milling about before it. The menfolk were thronging around it. Like a babe in arms, they were kissing its feet. Like a wife, I loved it, caressed it, and embraced it. I lifted it up, set it down at your feet, and you, O oh mother, you made it my equal. The mother of Gilgamesh was clever and wise, well-versed in everything she said to her son. Wild cow Ninsun was clever and wise, well-versed in everything she said to Gilgamesh. The stars of heaven appeared above you like a rock from the sky one fell down before you. You lifted it up, but it weighed too much for you. You tried to roll it, but you could not dislodge it. 
You lifted it up, set it down at my feet. And I, Ninsun, I made it your equal. Like a wife, you loved it, caressed it, and embraced it. A mighty comrade will come to you and be his friend's savior. Mightiest in the land, strength he possesses. His strength is as mighty as a rock from the sky. Like a wife, you'll love him, caress, and embrace him. He will be mighty and often will save you. Having had a second dream, he rose and entered before the goddess his mother. Said Gilgamesh to her, to his mother, Once more, O mother, I have had a dream. In a street of Uruk, the town square, an axe was lying with a crowd gathered round. The land of Uruk was standing around it. The country was gathered about it. A crowd was milling about before it. The menfolk were thronging around it. I lifted it up and set it down at your feet. Like a wife, I loved it, caressed it, and embraced it. And you, O oh mother, you made it my equal. The mother of Gilgamesh was clever and wise, well-versed in everything she said to her son. Wild cow Ninsun was clever and wise, well-versed in everything she said to Gilgamesh. My son, the axe you saw is a friend. Like a wife, you'll love him and caress and embrace him. And I, Ninsun, I shall make him your equal. A mighty comrade will come to you and be his friend's savior, mightiest in the land, strength he possesses. His strength is as mighty as a rock from the sky. Said Gilgamesh to her to his mother, May it befall me, O mother, my counselor Enlil's command. Let me acquire a friend to counsel me, a friend to counsel me I will acquire. So did Gilgamesh see his dreams. After Shamhat had told Enkidu the dreams of Gilgamesh, the two of them together began making love. That concludes the recording of the Epic of Gilgamesh, Tablet 1. In the near future, you can find recordings of the remaining tablets. That wraps up this edition of Audio Writ. Remember, in the words of William Shakespeare, knowledge is the wing wherewith we fly to heaven. I'm Jack Logan. You've been listening to The Ancient Tradition, a Wonk Media production. <laughs>